Hey guys, and welcome back to the Grow Flow podcast, where we are going to bring you the best information, insights, and interviews to grow, manage, and scale your licensed cannabis business. My name is Joe Stolte. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at GrowFlow, and I'm joined by my very handsome host, Travis Steffen. And today we are going to talk about marketing, uh, marketing and sales, and how they're related together, and how you can use them uh, to kind of grow in today's modern world of internet and all the things. Awesome. Let's do it. Sounds great. Okay. So, uh, it's a giant I, can of worms to open. It is. We're going to open it up. It's going to be my Take it's, some worms out. There might be multiple episodes. Um, but let's jump in. So if I'm, a, if I say I'm a wholesaler and I'm thinking about how can I effectively market and, uh, you know, kind of position my business, what's the first thing that I should be thinking about? Well, first and foremost, like visualizing your entire process as one of three things of all time at, at all times, it's one, get more people through the front door to bring those people to their very first aha moment within your whole experience as quickly as possible. And three, deliver as much value as you can for your customers as often as possible, like those three things in succession. So marketing really is just going to achieve that first goal, how it connects to sales then is the bridge between one and two. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. And now we just add to that, like, you got to know who you're selling to, who you're talking to, you know, the days of broad communicating are done, you know, like there's, there's too much going on with like algorithms and, you know, constant communication happening at all times. You know, one of the things I talk about all the time is, uh, you know, Al Reese and Jack Trout wrote a book called Positioning. And, uh, and that was like written in 1980. And in that book, they said, hey, we live in the, the world's first overcommunicated society. I mean, if, if, if we were living in the world's first overcommunicated society in 1980, you know, today with algorithms and metadata that can, you know, pretty much tell you what color your soul is, you know, <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Like, so this whole, the, the whole reason I'm saying this is it's like, you know, you can't be broad. You know, right. you're not Coca-Cola. You can't just go stand on the top of every mountaintop and scream, uh, your message. Like mm -hmm. you have to talk to your ideal target client. So, yeah. you know, even before you can get people to pay attention to you and get them to come experience what you're selling and get to that first aha moment, it's like, you need to know who you're talking to. And if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the mark between a black belt and the white belt, because <laughs> I think the white belts are the ones that will say, well, I don't want to discount anyone from my message because I want as many customers as I possibly can. But by talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. Your message doesn't resonate deeply with anyone. No one that's hearing it will say, oh my God, exactly that. I feel seen. I need to hear more. So it's really carving out a niche of a niche and or a niche of a niche of a niche and finding exactly what message lands and resonates in a world of ad blindness across the board where we're almost trained just to survive by ignoring all the ads at all times. Yeah. It's really the stuff that, that hits us and cuts really deep for us that, that actually feels like someone is speaking directly to us. Like we know, like they know us yep. that, that gets through and the, the, the channels that you can use for that are pretty infinite, but the way that you speak to the customer Unless you carve out exactly who that person is, you find out what's hurting, what's challenging, what feels good, what doesn't based on their circumstances, and then parrot back the language they use to describe it back to them. Yeah. 
hundred percent. And any channel can work, really. That's it. And I think that's the core. And you know, what most people do, the first mistake I observe, you know, in the marketplace, especially in cannabis, is like it's too broad. Mm. You know, trying to speak to everybody. We've talked about that. And the second one is it's too happy. You know, like it's good to understand what people want and the desires that they want and speak to those. Like you have to know that about your ideal target audience. Um, but you also have to know, like, what are they not like? Yeah. What are their kind of fears and frustrations? Because, you know, if you can describe somebody's pain better than they describe it in their head, they'll automatically assume you're the expert and mm -hmm. that will build trust. Right. Right. But you can't do that if you're afraid to talk to, you know, the pain and what people are actually dealing with, yeah. which is different, you know, and, and, but, but there's something really authentic about just keeping it real and just calling a spade a spade. And, you know, it makes me feel like, oh yeah, you, you get me, Yeah. you know? Not, not all the not all the marketing that you do needs to be like chipper and exciting and like totally. pretending like the world is perfect. Totally. You know? um, so yeah, I'm glad that you said that. So just to break this down into steps, you know, the first thing is like before you do any marketing, like know who you're talking to, who's your ideal target audience. And number two, uh, I think you want to ask yourself a series of questions. Okay. Number one is like, what are their core desires and results that they want to get? Okay. Number two is what are their fears and frustrations and the things that they're trying to avoid? You know, and then if you want to get like extra credit, you could start to ask yourself, well, what do these people stand for and what do they stand against? Because now we're talking about their values and that's like, what well, that's above black belt. That's like ninja level. Yeah. But just at a, as a basic level, before you go talk, you know, before you think about social or paid traffic or any, really anything, um, I think those are the first two things you got to do is, you know, really decide on who they are and then get really clear on those questions that I just listed. Um, but you said something else that I think could have slipped by relatively quickly. I noticed mm. you said my words, not yours, you know, effectively listen to what they're saying and use their words back to them. Right. Say, say more about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, for example, when you just walked through the door earlier, one of the first things that you said was, man, I, I, I'm dealing with crying babies and infinite virtual meetings and, you know, walking through the door. And if, if someone were to present a solution for that niche of a niche of, you know, dads that are also busy with meetings and so on and so forth, like suddenly in the way that you were describing it specifically, it's one of those situations where it's almost like spooky that that yeah. ad yeah. speaks to you. And you're like, all right, I'm listening. If yeah. you do have a solution for my problem that I just talked about having, and honestly, it's, it's not rocket science to really carve that sort of thing out because there are more people there listening who resonate with that than oftentimes we think. So, you know, for example, if I'm describing my pain point from my own unique perspective and I use specific words or I emphasize certain parts of it, those things that I'm saying sometimes without even saying them are just as important mm -hmm. as the problem itself. That's right. And if I'm articulating it in a certain way, those things are going to land when, when I hear back yeah. the same words. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, this is like, sounds like a lot of work, but when you do it this way, it's the difference between, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall mm. and getting out a sniper rifle, yeah. you know, and being very, very targeted and hyper-specific and getting a very specific outcome yeah. and a better return on your effort or your money or whatever you're doing in marketing and sales. Um, and I think, what you just said is super true. And, you know, being able to do that across, let's say 20 or 30 different conversations with customers yeah, so that you can sort of, you know, stratify or make it statistically significant, which is, you know, sure. Fancy math word. I want to put everybody to sleep, <laughs> but you know, the way these numbers work out is, you know, I could talk to you mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I might actually talk to like seven more people that are just like you, but mm -hmm. it turns out if I talk to 30, 
the other 23 have, are completely different. Yeah. And I'm going to see a different pattern. Right. You know, it's kind of like in our sales calls, you know, you might make 20 calls and get like three no's, you know, mm. and the rest yeses, or they might be spread out. So you can't really take one little data point in the sample and like extrapolate it across everybody. Yeah. Um, but what you can do is get people on the phone and have conversations with them yeah. and pay attention to the patterns that they're saying on these calls. Right. You know, like at GrowFlow with the sales team, uh, with our demos, we go back and monitor what people are saying. Right. And we pay attention to where are the pain points that people are consistently saying, you know, in buckets of 30. So yeah. if the same 30 people describe the same pain point and, you know, we have a solution for that. Well, we take that and we bring the pain that they're describing and the solution all the way back into the marketing and surprise, it makes the ads convert better and it makes the yeah. content get consumed and it helps people understand that we can help them a lot earlier in the process. Yeah, it's something that you talk about all the time. I think everyone everyone in the startup landscape always talks about product market fit. People hear that, that terminology a lot. Um, but something that you talk about all the time is message market fit. And it's kind of if you focus upstream before the prospect reaches the product itself. So in this case, it could be, you know, the cannabis that you're growing or the cannabis that you have on your shelves or the the uh, products derived from them that you have on, on, on your shelves or the ancillary ones. If, for example, um, you're hearing people describe them in a certain way and you can categorize those people and you can find the patterns between them, you know, that message market fit would be that patternistic identification of, of what terminology, what emphasis on what respond, you know, which groups respond to that specifically versus a completely different category of customer who responds to different terminology or different points of emphasis or, or different benefits. A hundred percent. Yeah. In fact, if you want the questions that we actually go through on our sales calls to define what Travis is calling message market fit, what we call message market fit inside of GrowFlow, just hit us up uh, podcast at growflow.com and Morgan on our team will give you the document that we use. So you can literally just go listen to your sales calls or go on sales calls and just answer these questions. And after you talk to enough people, you step back and you go, wow, there's a very clear pattern here. Yeah. You know, clearly these strains are the most popular or this terminology or these analogies or their people are using these words. Like if you could start your marketing there before you ever publish a single thing, before you go to any channel ever, you know, your chances of being successful, your chances of it converting are going to be way higher. Yeah. And, and I'll say one last thing, and maybe we need to maybe probably break this up into two episodes. We'll talk about channels on the next yeah. one is, um, and I feel like in today's modern marketing world, there's kind of like two, there's still kind of two schools of thought. There's like the branded school of thought, which is I want to make a, a beautiful brand. And it's almost like an art project. You know, it's like the soul of the company and it visually needs to look amazing. Then there's like, the direct response world, you know, like the David Ogilvy's from mm -hmm. the 50s and 60s, which were all about using words and writing ads that sell. Um, I think it's important to understand these distinctions. And, right. I, and the reason why I think that's important is because in today's modern marketing world, like you get to do both. Yeah. You get to make a, a dope brand that looks amazing, um, that, you know, is visually appealing to your target market. And you get to, you know, mine your sales conversations and find out the words that sell and you marry those two things together and it really, really resonates, you know, and then this stuff starts to become like scary effective, mm -hmm. you know, but you got to put the same amount of work to engineering your marketing that you do is, you know, to engineer your products. And if you do, I mean, this is where the game completely changes for your business. Definitely. I mean, it, it really starts if you, if you're just applying the scientific method to all aspects of this process, it, it happens the same with, you know, your product and the way you formulate it and how customers respond to it. 
and and same sort of tactic will work upstream when you're actually just trying to hook them to get in get them in the door so if your hypothesis is this specific customer type responds to this specific messaging you can run that specific messaging on that customer type for a period of time until you have a representative sample and then test something else or test both in in tandem and a lot of times if you're doing for for example direct sales or something along those lines something local you may find that it's difficult to get statistical significance with like 95 or 99% confidence intervals. But if you're doing something, it's typically a lot better than doing nothing and just gambling and guessing with the, the fate of your business on the line. You oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't say that enough. Like, you know, don't don't get scared by this guy wrote a book on viral marketing, you know, mm. on uh, confidence intervals and these sure. kinds of things. That stuff's super important, uh, though, you know, but I'll just say this. The last thing you said is really important. It's like progress over perfection yep. in everything that you do. Yeah. Okay. We're not uh, we're not doing heart surgery and we're not landing airplanes, mm-hmm. you know, and we're not like on a firing range or anything like that. So chances are, in in most of the what we do on day to day basis, like if you make a few mistakes, like nobody's gonna die. Yeah. You know, be compliant. That's what we're here to do is to help you stay compliant. So mm-hmm. you know, buy, buy all our stuff and we'll take care of that for you. But um, you know, progress over perfection always, especially in your marketing. It's better to do something than it is to do nothing. Definitely. And the more that you can understand your ideal target audience, their pain points, their core desires, and then actually talk to real humans and keep track of what they say, and then use that in your marketing, you're going to be in good shape. Definitely. It's it's really comes down to just how much information can you arm yourself with to make the best possible decision that you can. I mean, this game of business that we're playing, it's a game of incomplete information at 100%. the end of the day. So if you wait for 100% of the information to come, you're missing your opportunity window. If you act with 40, 50% of that information, you might as well flip a coin. So the sweet spot is right there in between, arming yourself with as much information as you can to make the best possible decision you can while also still acting expediently and, and taking advantage of the opportunities that present themselves You know, with customers knocking your doors down or going out and having the conversations that you can find. Yeah, so let's talk about marketing channels. So when it comes to picking channels, you know, there's all kinds of channels. And by channels, I mean, you know, it could be social. And of social, you've got all the different flavors of ice cream, whether that's, you know, Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, um, none of which are very friendly to people in our space in the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can still put organic posts out in many cases or YouTube. So you got your social. Um, another one that's great is direct selling. So mm-hmm. to have your salespeople become their marketers. I mean, that's how Growflow grew our business from yep. the ground up is we, you know, we, not, we didn't have a marketing team until recently. Yeah. Um, another channel, uh, which is really great, is we have a partnership with Spring Big, mm-hmm. so SMS marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's been crazy to see how SMS marketing, text message marketing has, dude, it's like changing the game for communicating with customers and yeah. having a more intimate conversation. Um, that's super big. Uh, and another one that people are kind of uh, sleeping on, like in general, out of cannabis, in cannabis, is uh, direct mail. Mm-hmm. So like sending a, a package or like a letter to somebody to get their attention and get, get them on a phone call. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, you know, it's pretty hard to reach dispensaries and retailers. Mm-hmm. You know, like you guys have you fortified your, your place to make sure all your people are trained to not let any salespeople <laughs> talk to the owner. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, but something that works pretty well in situations like that is direct mail, you know, reaching, Definitely. reaching them with a, send them a gift and a fun little letter and yeah. buy them, take them out to lunch or whatever. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, business owners want the same thing. They want their businesses to be as successful as they possibly can. They want to reduce their headache. They want to unlock and use their time more efficiently. You know, they want to grow revenue if possible. Um, At least most of them do. Some of them are satisfied with where they are, but most of them that we work with would like to grow revenue 
save time and reduce their headache. 100%. Those three things. And if you think about it through that lens, even when the the customer's you know fortress is is fortified to um, steer away salespeople, basically what they're trying to do is not waste their time. But if we can in any way align their interests with our own, where we want these three things for you, they want those three things. Inevitably, if direct mail is the way to permeate that and say, actually, we can help you achieve your goals in these ways, and we've done it for almost 1,400 other companies, many of them have multiple locations across the country, you know, it's it's a powerful hook. And in all likelihood, you know, your business probably has some sort of similar, maybe less, um, maybe fewer customers, but some sort of similarly powerful hook that if you can help your customers achieve your goals in some way, achieve their goals, you know, that's exactly what you want to present them with. And if direct mail is a way to permeate that, mm -hmm. great. Now there are dozens of channels and, and dozens of ways to, to bifurcate each and every one of them. So what we've often done in the past is we've effectively gone through and we've evaluated ideas around every single one of them and scored them by things like impact, confidence, ease, price, yep. speed, things like that. And then select a few of the top estimated performers, run tests around them, and then inevitably choosing one and just squeezing as much possible juice out of that one channel as we can, becoming the world's foremost expert in that one channel Ideally, the one that we choose is going to be least saturated in our industry where our yeah. competitors use it infrequently. So the price is better for us. Um, but just that process of being able to um, discount certain channels because, you know, maybe we don't think they're going to be uh, broad enough for us or maybe we don't think that they're going to that maybe we think they're going to be too expensive or maybe we don't have the skill set internally to uh, tackle those, something like that. And we choose one, suddenly we're we're not focusing on the million possibilities, yeah. doing all of them mediocre. It's huge. We're doing one of them great. And that, that can that's be that's it. Maker. You gotta take that's such a good point. Like, and this is what we did is we take one channel at a time and we take that to a hundred percent. You know, we really, really, really get all of the juice out of that channel before we distract ourselves and get overwhelmed mm -hmm. and then go start with another channel. Yeah. So for GrowFlow, that was direct selling. That mm -hmm. was just like picking up the phone, calling people, seeing how we can be helpful. And if there's a match, then we present what we have and off we go. Yeah. You know, the next thing that we did was we spent time on uh, Google. So mm -hmm. Google PPC specifically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we spent almost a year and that's all that we did. Just direct yep. selling and Google PPC. And we really, really, really locked in on that. Uh, then we started doing direct mail mm -hmm. and some very hyper-specific segment-specific marketing. We got really good at direct mail, you know, and more recently now we're, we're kicking off YouTube. Like, and we don't even know how to tie our shoes in YouTube yet, yep. but we're going to figure it out. But rather than doing all of them at the same time, like you can see how what we're describing here, you know, it's like pretty robust yeah. and it can be super overwhelming if you're thinking about doing this in your business. So, you know, go one channel at a time, get that channel all the way to 100% really get the results out of it and then move on to the next one. Definitely. Yeah. Kick, kick out, uh, build systems around those, put them in maintenance mode and then put the full power of your creative brain to work on the new one and research, try things, experiment and immerse yourself in the resources around that channel. Cause they exist for every single one of them. There are experts on the internet somewhere, hundreds of them that can teach you exactly what you need to know to to get to where you want to be. It's just a question of focus. A hundred percent. And if you have any questions, if you're like, wow, you guys are saying a lot of stuff. I don't know where to get started. Or mm -hmm. like, I just want some extra support on this. Please reach out to us. Podcast at growflow.com. 
Uh, we've got a ton of resources that we're happy to share with you. Uh, just tell us your situation and what you're looking to get accomplished, and we want to help you out. You know, our mission, as we've said many times, is to be the most helpful company in cannabis, mm -hmm. period. So if you want help doing marketing and sales in your business, no matter where you are in the value chain, uh, just reach out to us. We've learned a lot about what works and what doesn't work for us, and we're more than happy to share that with you guys. Any final what thoughts? Honestly, this is a this is a topic we could probably spend days and days straight talking about. Um, so rather than just barfing it out all onto the table and having you pick and choose, send us send us some questions. Yeah, you know, send us uh, some send us some ideas of challenges that you're encountering, and you know allow us to help you by unpacking them and doing a little research around them ourselves and making some recommendations for you to try. Yeah, hundred percent. And as always, if you and on the flip side of that, if you're killing it in the game on marketing or sales and you've got something that's working really well reach out to us so that we can feature you on the podcast Definitely. feature your business feature what you're doing and share some of your best practices you know and give some some eyeballs and attention to to what you're up to so uh as always we appreciate your attention and uh you know please subscribe like share do all the things so that we can get this podcast in front of more people and to make an even bigger impact and we look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode Oh,